Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as um, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the Deal. deal. Listen, to the deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Office equipment solutions North America wide. Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's a lot funner when they're on your side, for sure. I mean, it's uh, it's impressive what those guys can do. I've played a while now and, and uh, haven't seen a power play like that before. So it's definitely a, a weapon of ours and uh, it's good to have. Yeah, no question about that. That is uh, the Edmonton Oilers' Duncan Keith. Uh, we're going to get to the specifics on that. It's a pretty interesting comment. Welcome back, everybody. It's 1233 at Edmonton. Bob Stoffer and Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now, where guests receive gift certificates to Roos Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal's an occasion at Roos Chris Steakhouse. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Go down and see Brendan, Taylor, and Chris at Roos Chris and tell them Oilers now sent you. Without further ado, we welcome back to the show every Tuesday as our regulars are back on board. Uh, Mark Spector for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta, live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Post time at 6.15. Remember, you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. Speck's going to spend about 20 minutes with us. Mark, how you doing? Well, pretty well, Bobby. It was a pretty good tilt last night, no? For a preseason game, that was uh, that was a lot of fun. Let me tell you, it was for sure. It was a good game to broadcast. Uh, you just heard the comment from Duncan Keith talking about how special the Oilers' power play is, and just to put things in perspective, um, in 1920, the Oilers finished with the fourth highest power play in history. Okay, at uh, 29.5 percent. The the only uh, three power plays that trump that were the 77-78 Canadians, the 77-78 Islanders, and the 78-79 Islanders. Um, The Oilers' power play last year was at 27.6%. And the only other power play in the last 30 years that that was that high was uh, Tampa Bay in 1819. So we're going to start the the comp because because here's the deal. I want you to think, and, and you've got a pretty good memory, but there was a year in the 70s when Rogie Vashon and former Oilers netminder Gary Edwards, it's Gary's birthday today. <laughs> yeah. They came, Would you buy him? Uh, I didn't buy him anything, but he did have one of the greatest lines of all time that was 100% 
turned out to be 100% wrong. He told Rod Phillips, used to tell me this story all the time, before game one in Montreal in 1981. Do you know this story? No, keep going. Well, Gary Edwards was brought in late in the season to, to help out in goal, and Glenn Sather played a hunch, and Glenn Sather told uh, Gary Edwards, we're starting Andy Moog in uh, game one tonight at the Forum. And Gary responded him responded to Slots by telling him, you've made the biggest mistake of your coaching career. <laughs> <laughs> well, how'd that turn out? Every time Rod would tell me that on the plate, we would uh, clink our uh, plastic uh, glasses and have another uh, glass of scotch. So, you <laughs> so we just start laughing. He's like, can you believe that? Anyhow, look. In 74-75, so in the 70s, the reason why the Oilers' power play today is so impressive that it's up that, that power play in 1920 is fourth all-time. 7th, 8th, 9th, 10th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th. The power play last year, 14th all-time, okay? Uh, there, there's there's a couple re- – I mean, the uh, Edwards was 5'9", Rogie Vashon was 5'8". Okay, that was the king's net minding for much of the 1970s when people thought they had pretty good goaltending. Mm-hmm. So I'm going somewhere with this, Beck. The Oilers have been fourth and 14th all time the last two years in the power play. In a time in which we have six foot four goaltenders on, the, the average size of a goaltender in the league currently is at six, uh, six foot three and three quarters inches, okay? Just under six four. So they're not playing against five foot eight to six feet goalies. Like the 77-78 Canadians were and the 77-78 Islanders were. You know what I mean? So they're not playing against small goalies. They're not playing against small goalie equipment. Oh, and there's one more thing that's a huge factor in terms of game prep. Every team in the league does it. Video work. Like, they didn't have that back in the 70s, right? There wasn't, I mean, what was the joke about uh, the late, great uh, Claire Drake when he joined the Winnipeg Jets? He lost seven VCRs in one season. Because back then you actually used to travel the VCR on the plane, okay? Sure. So and that was in the late '80s. There was none of that in the late '70s. So power plays dropped actually in the early to mid '80s. The highest scoring time in the NHL, Mark, as you know, was from '86 to '92. But power play efficiency actually dropped a bit during that period. The Oilers, pow- the Oilers' power play is. Mark, give me your thoughts. I mean, when Duncan Key says it's, it's been as good as he's seen in his time in the league. That is a huge weapon for Edmonton. Have at it. Oh, no question. Like they're gonna they're gonna win how many games for you? Fifteen games this year. That power play will win. Where you're gonna look back at the game and go, ah, the team was okay. They got a couple power play goals and they won four two. You know they'll win games. Um, you know there's a lot. Listen, I, I'm not. I think that it's a sort of a fool's game to try to start to compare a power play in. in 2021 to one in 1978 it's uh, historically speaking if you're telling me that the last two years they've had power plays in the top 15 in the history of the game i really don't need a lot more than that they've been first in the league for two years you know are you going to get better (laughs) you know yeah the goalies are bigger they also have way better sticks shoot it a lot harder and skate a lot faster it's a it's a never-ending argument as to Whose power play was better, the Oilers of two seasons ago or the Habs of 1977? Like, we better sit down and, you know, we better have a couple of pints of beer to figure that out. But my point would be, Bob, this is a, there's no reason that power play isn't going to be top three this year, if not lead the league. 
uh, it's a huge advantage. There's no question. But as we know, uh, we get to the playoffs and there seems to be a little less power play opportunity and teams focus down on your power play a little bit more. Penalty kills get a little bit more serious, more guys blocking shots. That's the last thing I'll say, Bob, too. It's harder to score today because everybody blocks shots. Back in the old days, only a couple, few guys blocked shots, right? Yeah, well, the other thing we could do, Mark, is we could just take a look at the average goals per game and then take a look, factor in the power or power play, how many power play goals were off the goals per game. and Because yep. there's no question that, again, the highest scoring period in NHL history was from 86 to 92. Uh, and the 77-78 Canadians... I mean, that, that team that won four straight, and you know this, I loved the Canadians back then before the Oilers got in the NHL. Well, they were a good team. They were, sure. they were an incredible team. So we're talking about, but specific to the power play, it is like we are watching something right now with, like, McDavid and Dreisaitl are two of the best players in the world. We know that. And Nugent Hopkins, Mark, is an elite power play guy. Might not be, for the fancy stats people, an elite 5v5 guy in terms of points per 60. But his entire career, he's been really good on the power play. Nobody's got a three as good as those three in a 1-3-1 formation, Mark. Right, and and a power play defenseman in Barry who is, you know, exceptionally adept at moving the puck and running the power play. And now you go to the last guy who is the down low player. Zach Hyman is an elite person in that in that role. And here comes Jesse Pugliarvi, who is all you know the puck's going in for him. And it's going to be right now. Hyman's going over the boards to start the power play, and about halfway through, he goes off and Pugliarvi comes on. That's going to be a competition that's up for grabs this year. I wouldn't be surprised if we hit a point at some point where Pugliarvi's the one that's going over at the start of the power play. I have way greater confidence in puck retrieval with Hyman and Pugliarvi than I did with Jason, who was a very smart player, and Neil, who knew how to score in the power play. It's just a different dimension. So it's, mm-hmm. it's and, and here's where I'm going with this, Mark. People were texting yesterday, should we be concerned about the physicality of Calgary? Well, what's the one thing that offsets teams that try to run you out of the building? Well, power play, right? That's how the certainly the Sedin brothers made that point for many years, didn't they? Yeah, and they were class guys, and they fought through the checks. What did you think on the play? Like, uh, Connor, you know, Connor had a comment this year hoping that, hey, their penalties would be called. He, he did that right out of the gate. Uh, and then he last night talked about the, the play where Tanev basically clipped him. That's what happened. He clipped him after Connor flew in there. And uh, what, what? He, stuck his, he stuck his stick between his feet. Yeah. Right? He, yeah. Put a st- he, he basically counted, did a fly-by can opener. Uh, you know, so yeah, that's... Yeah, well, you know. it's, it's called sneaky, dirty, Mark. And the only way to respond to that is about once every 10 times you play against that guy is you flick an elbow right underneath his chin. That's how you mm-hmm. respond to sneaky, dirty players. And Giordano's a guy that does it as well. And you know what? Don't get me wrong. If there are any Flames fans listening to the show, I respect Giordano, but there's lots of guys around the league that would tell you he's sneaky, dirty, and hurt multiple players. And that's why at times he's had to he's had to get into it. But uh, and with saying that, I think Calgary's going to miss Giordano this year. Big loss for them. That's where I'm going. So, what do you think of the whole sequence, the whole play there? Well, uh, listen, the, the play the play is the play. You can't once you break it down and you look at it. Uh, McDavid forces everyone's hand by going so hard to the net, and and Tandem is is the offside defenseman who's coming in late. You know, his partner gets beaten, and he's coming to his aid. And yeah, he puts a stick in between McDavid's legs. It, you know, it's like the Giordano play when McDavid got hurt. It happens. 
you see, it happens fast. It's not, I don't think that anyone's intending to hurt anyone, but it's an infraction. It's a penalty. And, you know, it's, it's, uh, listen, I'll take it a different direction. I thought that, you know, earlier this season, Connor McDavid, someone asked him about the cross-checking. And, you know, we all know McDavid. We've been listening to him for six years, and, and he's very deferential, and he always talks about how officials' jobs are so difficult, and he's really laid that groundwork. Well, earlier this season when he said, you know, they, they often start with some pet penalty sort of thing that they're going to call, and then he said it usually drifts away as the season goes. And I thought to myself at that moment, I thought, Man, that's I, I haven't heard McDavid that's, yeah. point out something negative about the officials, right? It's not something he's done much of in the past. So he did it there, and then last night he sat down at that podium, and you could kind of tell when he got in the topic. He was ready to speak to that play, and he all but demanded that the officials take notice of that play and start calling penalties and start protecting people. Because he says, I, you know, it's dangerous for me. It's dangerous for the goalie. Should be a penalty there. He'd like to see a call. And we're seeing McDavid change a little here, right? We're seeing yep. the face of the game start to become the voice of the game a little bit, Bob. Have you noticed that? Oh, yeah. Mark, he didn't go to what's known as the car wash in Toronto or Chicago to start the season. You don't think the guys that are with the league office want What better... I don't know whether or not he did this purposely or not. If I was advising him as his agent, I might contemplate him taking that path and just saying, you know what, travel's tough right now. Uh, oh, by the way, you didn't call a penalty. Like in the back of your mind saying, how much do you want me to do for the league if you're not? So I'm glad he's doing it. This text comes in, Mark, on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Stoffer, great to slap backs and tap the puck on the power play, but... And then there's a caveat here. Yes, I am the yeah, but guy. The whistles go away in the playoffs. The Oilers need to get tougher, plain and simple. Calgary was taking liberties, and I didn't like it. And that, I guess, is going to be the $64 million question, Spec, is how long will they stick? Because it is a, every year, okay, we're going to focus on this. Um and I, I hate the cross-check to the middle of the spine. Of course, it was part of how the game was played in the late 80s and early 90s, but hate it, right? We see it all the time. You're the guy that's got as good a relationship with the refs as any writer in the entire National Hockey League. Do you think this thing's going to stick for the season? Uh, I don't know, Bob. I, I'm sort of at the McDavid uh, point where we have seen a lot of these things start out. And they do fizzle away. They do drift away, as Connor said. So, I, you know, I, I guess you're asking me if I think it's going to be different this time. I don't know why it would be. You know, I think I, I come from the show-me state here, Bob. You know, why would I predict that for once they're going to hang on to an initiative during the season when in the past it's always faded away? I don't. I, do you have any evidence that it's different no. this time? I don't. No. Based on history, uh, we know it's going to uh, decrease with the amount of calls as the season goes on. Mark, we're going to give you some qu- – again, though, the power play, it, it, it's pretty interesting, and I think we're – and some people find power plays boring, and I'm not whining for more calls. I just want them to – don't manage games. That's what I'm saying. It's that simple. Don't manage games, and so when you're in overtime and the best player in the world has the puck and gets tackled to the ice, that's a holding penalty. That's all there is to it. It's that simple. Call it. Spec. All right, Spec. When we come back, Brendan. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. 
This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Yes up, Paul Yarby, and uh, the Pacific Division here on Orders Now. Hi, this is Connor McDavid from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on 630 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Brendan Escott with you. Mark Spector is here for the horses and horse racing Albert. Again, live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Post time is 6.15. Uh, remember, you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. I... I our next segment with spec, but we do have to add one more thing here that we need to address. The Oilers Now Injury Report is brought to you by James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. Trent Brown, Jim Brown, the gang of James H. Brown, the heavy hitters of injury law. They're the best. That's all there is to it. They're the best. If you get injured in a car accident or something, James H. Brown, that's what they do. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. Spec, we'd be remiss uh, without talking, to, because on we had you on Friday's show. On Sunday, the orders made it official with Josh Archibald. Uh, myocarditis apparently had COVID at some point during the summer. Of course, he would be tested daily last year in the season. So we know he didn't have it during the course of the season when he was with the team. At some point, he ended up with the uh, antibodies in his system. And now he's got myocarditis, and he is out indefinitely um and i know you have nothing but empathy in terms of your hoping that he, he gets you know a normality back to his life this is going to be it's, it's disconcerting for any athlete that could see his career in jeopardy mark oh no question and this is a you know what it can go many ways there's uh i know of an athlete who had this thing missed three months of training and came back and is playing again uh there's other athletes like like uh well uh alex stalock who isn't back playing again yet and still hopes to be but there's no guarantees you know so it's an open-ended virus this thing you know when your heart gets involved it's never good uh we're hoping you know like we all like josh archibald he's a good guy uh in terms of as a player he's a nice player to have on your fourth line I look at him in his fourth line, and I don't see a lot of guys who might blow you up with a hit once in a while, yep. and he was one. You know, the Oilers are a better team with Josh Archibald on it, but, hey, the reality is he, he made his choice. He's an anti-vaccine guy, and he's, he's you know, living by that sword right now. All right. Uh, switching focus, and I had a text on the show earlier today because I said that Brendan Perlini was, quote-unquote, closing in on making the team. And the guy goes, Stoffer, you idiot. He's got five goals and six points in five games and hasn't been on the ice for an even-strength goal against. Uh, has Brendan Perlini made the team, Mark Spector? 
Well, it's sure is hard to invite a guy like him to camp and have him do what he's done and then say, sorry, that's not enough. <laughs> you know, so uh, my thing with the fourth, listen, my experience, what we've all seen, Bob, I go back to Ty Raddy. He got a bunch of goals in preseason too. And then it ran out. And he, without the puck going in the net, Ty Ratty didn't do it nearly enough for you to stay on your team. Now, I don't know Perlini well enough to know if he's that guy, but here's what I know for sure, Bob. Fourth-line guys don't score 20 goals a year because they move up, right? Yep. If they're scoring that much, they become a third- or a second-line guy. So I'm looking at Perlini, and I'm thinking, well, he's not going to be a first- or second-line left winger on this team, and I doubt he's going to take Fogel's job. So he's going to sit in the fourth line, and that's fine. And maybe he's going to get you 10 goals because that's what a good good fourth-line guy gets when you factor in the, the lack of scoring opportunity that that player usually receives. So my point would be, in the games, you know, the, in, in, the, in the 72 games where he's not scoring you a goal, call it 70 games, whatever it is, does he do enough to be an effective fourth-line player? Now, Dave Tippett's going to have to figure that out. It, it, you can't just be a fourth-line guy who scores and doesn't do anything else. That's not how it works in the fourth line. So I like what he's doing. I take my hat off to the guy. He's walked in here. He's scoring goals. He's playing well. Can't do much more. But I guess you got to ask yourself, what's the identity of what we want as a fourth-line player, and does this guy fit that role? Mark, there's one big difference between what Ty Ratty did back in 2018 mm-hmm. and what has happened with Brendan Perlini. Ty Ratty... Nice. Uh, Ty Reddy had seven – I've lost uh, t- uh, my internet connection here. He had either seven or eight goals in the preseason in 2018. Playing with McDavid. He played with Connor McDavid. Devin Shore has five goals – or, sorry, Brendan Perlini has five goals playing with uh, Devin Shore. Like, right. like, that's saying something, right? And he got a – remember, on September the 25th, Ty Reddy back in 2018 got a hat trick. I was one of the guys looking. I, I remember having. Remember, uh, you had your golf tournament, and uh, I picked up Todd McClellan to bring him to the golf tournament. And, and the first yeah. thing, the first thing he said to me, "Stoff, are we good enough on the right side in 2018?" I pick him up at the airport. He's flying in from Kelowna to do your event. He hops it's in July. The, he hops in my <laughs> F-150 in July. It, it, you know, like you know, and hey, you know, we'd already talked family and stuff, Bob. Are we going to be good enough on the right side going with Ratty, Pogliarvi, and Yamamoto? Well, they had 14 goals in the preseason that year, and they looked pretty good. Problem is, they didn't score 14 goals combined in the regular season. Yeah. Yamamoto got one. Pogliarvi got yarded up and down. Todd got fired, uh, you know, a quarter of the way into the season. Yeah. And fortunately, Chason came in on a PTO and scored 22. So, But Perlini, to me, is different, Mark, because he's he, he's put up, he's had the productivity without playing with the big boys. He has. He has. And I feel I feel awful not just praising Brendan Perlini because, again, he's come back from Europe. He's, by all accounts, changed his, his attitude and his game, and he's done nothing but succeed here. Like, you just can't ask for more from this player. There's no question about that. So, you know what? I mean, maybe, that, maybe that's enough. Put him on the team. But, uh, again, I want to say to you that, that you know, is, does he fit the bill as a, as a hard-to-play-against guy that can check when they're on the road and they put the first line of, of the opposing team out against your fourth line, which is every coach's goal? Is he going to be ha- able to handle himself defensively then? You notice what they did last night? 
They had that. Yeah. Four, they had Shore and Perlini out there with Turris a lot against the Flames' first line mark. Mm-hmm. Three quick hitters. Uh, by the way, this texter says, John says, Bob, injuries will happen. Perlini can absolutely play up the lineup. Most fourth liners can't. I would agree with that. I think he, That's fair. He's, I, uh, he, I like him maybe better in the top nine than on the bottom three. <laughs> all right. To be honest with you. <laughs> yes, a pull your, what was the thing yesterday with the Bison in the uh, morning availability? Was it the Bison? Yeah, you did see the Twitter picture that Jesse Pogliarvi yes. put out there, didn't you? Yes. Yeah. So he was talking about that Bison. He said he was a kind Bison. <laughs> he called him kind. He said he just stood there 10 meters away, and we took a picture. Of course, all the, all the, the naturalists out there will remind us, Bob, it's not a very smart idea to stand there and take a picture 10 meters away from a wild buffalo, okay? I'm not condoning that. I'm not saying it's a good idea. It just made a nice picture of a nice comment, and luckily, uh, yes, he survived. He's big enough. <laughs> he can handle it. Oh, yeah. No. Hey, I once had no. to be I had I once had to be Ronaldo Skeets Nehemiah once back. I was fla- I was flagging at about 8 o'clock at night near uh, Wells, B.C., and no, never worried too much about black bears, but there was a grizz, and he had to have been, or she, uh, 550 to 650 pounds, Speck. I'm serious. Mm-hmm. And they run fast. And, they, and, you know, this is this is when I only had one chin mark. So I was hurtling stumps to get back to the truck and made it. And right now there's so many listeners going, why couldn't that one time, that grizzly, and he never if moved. only that bear was a little faster. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, grizzly never moved. Never moved an inch. I went to the truck. I was, you know, my heart was, <gasps> looked around. It was 75 feet away. It's uh, 25. Anyway, you know what? I think Fans are cheering can't... for him, Mark. They love this oh, guy. He's... They love Pooley Army. What's not to love, right? Like, he's, first of all, he's turning into a fabulous-looking player. Like, I've said it here now. I, I don't think he's, I think there's way more to come. But he's such a loose cat. He's always got a smile. He's on social media. He's having a laugh out there, you know. I'm sure when he meets people in public, he's stopping and talking to them. He's, he's just, uh, you know, he could be the, I mean, we've got a mailsy race coming up here, and uh, Mike Nickel better hope that Jesse Pugliarvi isn't a late entry because he'd kill him <laughs> in that race. So, uh, he's Mike, a, he's Mike, a Mike Nickel's going to have Mark Mike Nickel's going to have enough problems with Amherst Sohi and Cheryl Watson. Sure. But so. anyhow, my point is, he's such a popular guy, and, and everyone's what's not to love about the guy. Oh my goodness, he's he's a fun It's kid. a great, it's an unbelievable story that none of us could have predicted two years ago when he was over uh, playing in Finland. No, it almost went very sour. And you know what? There's we've been through this. The Oilers rushed him, and he, he wasn't ready. And he probably should have spent a little worked a little harder on his English. And everybody got mad at each other, and he went home and. You know, where's he going to be, Mark? Just to wrap up, where's he going to be at 25? He's 23 this year. Where's he oh going to be? He's, like, he's, he, what's he going to score this year? Is he, <laughs> you know, watching him play? I mean, first of all, now he's playing with the best player in the world. Yeah. So, and he's earned the spot. Like, he's yeah. Edmonton's best right winger here. Make no mistake. Wide margin. Uh, all right, Mark, run it up against. goal scorer this year, 25-goal scorer? Uh, well, I think 20, if he's going to split power play time with Hyman, I could see both guys 25-plus. Yeah. I mean, Hyman basically produced like a 30-30-60 guy last year. Mark, I know you have a Zoom call coming up at 1 o'clock. We're going to cut you loose. You can join us on Friday. Thanks for taking time. 
All right, thanks, Bobby. Uh, for the horses in Horse Racing Alberta, that is Mark Spector. And a reminder, live thoroughbred racing Friday and Saturday at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino Post Time 6.15. And remember, you can always watch and wager online at hbibet.com. We have a really funny story coming up about Jim Weimer, of all people, when we come back on Oilers Now with Alan May off to a global news weather traffic update, Eileen Bell. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.